in. I can't hear anything. That's interesting. Uh, right, we're going to get stuck in. If you can't hear me or see me for whatever reason, please do let me know. Um, but I'll be talking directly to you all this evening um, because I'm not going to have any slides. I don't need to have any slides. Some of what we're going to be talking about this evening is, well, essentially it's all based on feedback and conversations that I've had with the majority of you, whether, whether you're here in this call or not indeed in this call. And I think that it's all going to be relatively applicable, which is good. Now, I'm going to kick things off because I was out this morning and I got really confused by the weather. So the weekend, it was Baltic, right? But it was beautiful weather. And this morning, it wasn't Baltic, but it was raining. And I got really confused because I was thinking, oh, I'll go out, get out on the bike. And it's definitely going to be hoodie weather. And it wasn't. It was a sweat fest. It was awful. But winter is coming, right? Which means that we're having a lot more adversity, adding to our training, adding to our development, adding to our journeys. The sunshine is going. It's like the long, solemn goodbye to the sun. And then we come into winter, which is fantastic. It's another fun excuse to get out and train. Now, the thing with winter is it's going to help forge and formulate more resilience on our journey as we go forward. And we need to try and figure out how we can turn it into something fun. How do we turn something dark, cold, wet, generally a little bit depressing, fun? Well, that's a really, really tough thing to do. And the way we do it is actually understanding what it is that we're trying to do and why. Now, the first barrier you're going to face is it's tomorrow morning, it's five o'clock in the morning and you have to get up, for example. And you're like, no, you can hear the rain battering against the window. You can hear the wind. It's dark. It doesn't seem particularly inspiring to go out and do training and go and do stuff that we need to do, right? So what's the first thing we're going to do? We're going to lean back onto, it's probably not that important to us. I'll just do it tomorrow or I'll do it later. And what gets us out of that thought process is the reason why we're trying to do things. Now, it's not necessarily that we are forcing ourselves to, you know, find a much deeper purpose in in what it is that we're doing when it comes to training, when it comes to life, when it comes to everything, because that can be a really stressful thing to try and figure out. But ultimately, we need to make sure that we understand why are we even bothering to do what it is that we're trying to do? And I'm not saying that to dissuade you. I'm saying that to challenge your thought processes for you being here and doing this thing, right? Now, I've had some absolutely wonderful messages come through. Um, through the app and through WhatsApp and stuff like that to figure out where people are at. And it's awesome. It's really awesome. Some people have had some harder times than others. And that's all part of, as my grandma would say, life's rich tapestry, right? It's just, it's the way it is. And how you approach these challenges, your attitude to these challenges, that is what is going to define and alter our perspective going forward. Because when it does get dark, when it does get cold, when that resistance does come up, when you don't want to go outside, you're going to be going back to that comfort zone. And that comfort zone, unfortunately, is going to be that place whereby actually you don't want to go outside in the wet and you're going to do that thing instead. And some people can call it self-sabotage. You can call it self-sabotage if you really want to. You know, it's it's coming down to that process of, I don't really want it enough. Now, as we're going through these things, you might have seen some of the posts that I've put up over the last few days because I'm going off on a little bit of a psychological tangent at the moment and talking about how... In the world, according to Ben, it's more of a journey of becoming rather than a journey of achieving, right? So what that means is I want you to focus or I invite you to focus rather on who it is that you're becoming along the way rather than the thing that it is you're trying to achieve. Now, many months ago on a coaching call with a bunch of my clients back in the day, once upon a time, earlier this year, we did a workshop, which everybody absolutely loved. And it was brilliant, um, if I say so myself. And what we did, an exercise we did was... We stood in three different places. Sounds pretty lame, doesn't it? The first place that we stood was putting yourself in the position of who you were a year ago. 
And for those who are on the Adventure Ready Challenge, you, you, you did this when you first started. And you looked at where you were at a year ago, things you were achieving, what was the life that you lived, who were the partners you were with, all these different things, everything, the job that you had, the situation you had, the house that you lived in, all of these different things. And you think about it and you go, right, where was I at? Could be good, could be bad, could be same, same, you know. And then you're going to look at where you want to go in a year's time, in that year in the future. Like, who is it that you actually want to be? What are the things that you want to achieve? A lot of people will resort to, and me included, will resort to, you know, these are the things I want to do. These are the metrics of success. You know, this is the money in the bank. This is the adventures we want to have. This is the stuff we wanted to do. And they're great. But the most important thing about that version of us in the future is understanding that we are becoming someone who can do those things. Not the things themselves. The races don't matter. The hills don't matter. The, the events don't matter. They, they don't. These are really, really good metrics to prove that we are on the path that we need to be on. But ultimately, it is a journey of becoming, of becoming something different, something new, something that you're genuinely happy with. And it's ultimately making long lasting change and effect in your life but we've gone to two places we haven't gone to the third and the third place is is in the middle it's it's now it's right now it's it's today you've looked at a year ago you've looked at a year in the future and you go right what can i learn from a year ago what are two three four whatever things that i can learn from the person i was if it's a bad thing let's say you were in a worse state a year ago this isn't an opportunity for self-loathing to say hey you know, this is all this bad stuff, this is all this good stuff, like whatever. If it was a really good place that you're in, again, not an opportunity for super negative stuff, like, oh, I'm not going to be at that level again, or, you know, that person was so much better than I am right now. It's an opportunity to look at that and go, what were the characteristics, what were the qualities of who I was at that particular point that I want to bring forward into the future? You do the same with the future. You look at that and go, right, forget the events, because they'll, they'll, they'll happen on their own, that's cool. But what are the characteristics, what are the traits of that person that I want to bring into now, into Wednesday evening, into Thursday morning, tomorrow morning, that I can then use to affect meaningful change in my life. Now, when we talk about meaningful change in our life, I really want to narrow this down because if you're anything like me from a few years ago, you'll you'll hear things like affecting meaningful change in your life. And it'll feel a little bit daunting. It'll feel a little bit, oh, I don't really know what that means. You know, there's no cut and dry black and white writing here. So not entirely sure what I understand that means. Not entirely sure how to do that. It seems a little bit not ordered enough. So therefore, I don't give it enough attention. But what that actually means, putting it into more simple terms so that people like me can understand, is how can I be 1% better tomorrow than I was today? And that's what it kind of all boils down to. Because if you Let's say you're ill. I'm going to pick on some people who I know have been ill over the past couple of weeks. Like, let's say you're ill or you've even got an injury. Maybe an injury is a better, a better thing to, to, to use here. There are certain things you're going to do. You might turn around and say, hey, I'm not going to do anything for the next two weeks until I get better or injury. I'm not going to do anything until I get better, until I've healed. Or you could turn that around and say, I know I can't push myself too hard because I'm a sensible person that needs to heal. But there are things that I can do. I was talking to an old client um, once, uh, earlier this week who um, we were just chewing the fat and catching up and he rolled his ankle on a hill somewhere, but he was still doing like one legged push ups, you know, so one foot in front of the other. He's still doing push ups. He's a bit of a mentalist and he does like one push up for every day of the year. And I'm pretty sure he started at the end of the year and he had like a hiatus of, I think, 10 days once upon a time. And now he's back on it and he's caught up with those 10 and he's doing I don't know what day it is today, but let's say it's day 
300 or whatever of the year you know he's doing 300 push-ups today and it'll be 301 tomorrow and 302 and so on and so forth and he's doing it on one foot which is hilarious but it's very very him but the thing is he's still pushing himself forward he's still maintaining that progress there are definitely going to be days where psych is not very high stoke is not very high you don't feel like doing anything maybe you are ill maybe you're not ill maybe you're not injured maybe you are injured maybe you're just feeling a bit crappy today and it's going to be very very easy to sit and eat a bowl of crunchy nut and not do anything else and put the office on tv It'd be really really easy to do that but there is a cost to every single one of our decisions and there is a psychological cost and a physical cost the psychological cost can be dearer than the physical cost because let's face it, you miss a day of training. Is anything really going to happen? Are you going to drop training? Are you going to drop fitness? Are you going to drop strength? No, you're not. You could ditch training for the next two weeks if you really wanted to. You wouldn't lose training. You wouldn't lose fitness. You wouldn't lose strength. However, you would lose the habits that put that into place. Psychologically, you're going to lose an awful lot more than if you are... Oh, excuse me. Somebody's asking for a password for the call. Standby. There we go. Um, psychologically, you're going to lose a lot more of a cost to your progress than physically. That bowl of crunchy nut on the sofa while watching The Office. There are going to be times where maybe that's exactly what you need. Maybe. That's a difficult thing to judge. But equally, it could be the thing that you need, just not now. And there was something that Jocko Willink, if anyone knows of Jocko Willink, he's got like a really deep, very good podcasting voice. And he does some fantastic videos and he puts a picture of his watch up at half past four every morning on Instagram. And that's kind of what he does. He's a bit of a hard ass. He's a cool guy. And he says that if you want to take a rest, if you want some time off, take the rest, take the time off. Just not now. Don't, don't do it now. Take the time off tomorrow. Because in the heat of the moment, you think, oh, yeah, do you know what? I need a rest day. It's not on my program, but I need a rest day. You know, like It's so easy to build a case for yourself. When in reality, I would suggest that you don't need a rest day at all. What you actually need is the opportunity to train a little bit less today or dial down the intensity or just change the training. Maybe you find the training boring. The whole point of winter training or base training is to make the whole thing fun is to make it enjoyable, is to ensure that it's something that you can genuinely do, because that's what we want. And then the mentality side of life, you're still ticking the boxes and putting the crosses on the calendar. I, th I, I genuinely think now, if you take nothing else from anything on this entire journey, this is the number one most important thing, is ensuring consistency and putting the crosses on the calendar, i.e. showing up today, doing the thing, showing up tomorrow, doing the thing, showing up on Friday, doing the thing. Because there was a wonderful... Um, reel that was put up by uh, Chris Williamson who does the Modern Wisdom podcast and he was saying I don't know I can't remember the whole thing but it was like you know talking about the thing is not doing the thing wishing about, about the thing is not doing the thing writing about the thing is not doing the thing um, posting social media about doing the thing is not doing the thing but actually doing the thing is doing the thing right I said thing far too many times in that sentence but you get the impression here like the idea is make making sure that you can make progress no matter how big or small that step is, every single day, day in, day out. Does this mean that you need to train like an absolute monster every single day? No, categorically not. But it does mean that you need to be doing something for your overall personal development. Because let's, let's not forget, folks, that personal development is so much more than push-ups and getting strong and getting fit. Personal development is making sure that you're, you know, 
treating your body well in terms of fueling, treating your body well and taking time out. Maybe that training day turns into a yoga day or a stretching day or a mobility day, but you're still doing something to progress forward. Maybe instead of sitting and watching the office for six hours, you get a notebook out and you start thinking, right, well, where am I at? What have I learned so far? Like what's going on? What am I trying to escape by sitting and watching the office for six hours? Maybe it's going out on your adventures, whether you're going up hikes and walks and bits and pieces like I've seen you all doing um, recently, which is amazing. Maybe that's what it is that you need because each one of those is still a step forward. You know the term like taking a mental health day? Well, it's it's kind of it's kind of the same sort of thing, really. You know, you're escaping a stimulus that is negative for you, i.e., as much as it doesn't seem negative at the time, but sitting and watching TV or sitting and scrolling is incredibly negative for you at the time. You know, there's a high psychological cost here. And replacing it with something that has a lower psychological cost. It has something that is bringing you more benefit, has something that is doing something good for you. Now, to some people, this might be thinking like, yeah, but I'm good, Ben. You know, that's cool. I'm, I'm good. I'm wired. I'm good. I'm motivated. I'm good to go. There'll be a day that will come that you're not going to be motivated. I promise you that. And that is something that we need to expect and anticipate. Because on your journey to personal development, the journey is going to be hard. Under, under no, We need to be under no illusions that this will be easy because it won't. Because you're changing and change is difficult. No matter how you want to affect change, change is hard. Everything is hard. Doing nothing is hard. We know that. Would it be fair to say that everybody here in this call, people who are listening on the podcast, catching up on the video later, you know, have you had times where you thought, nah, fuck it. I won't bother doing anything today. Maybe today turns into a weekend. Maybe a weekend turns into a week. That was me, the first week of lockdown. And you think, fuck it. I don't want to do anything. I will do nothing. And then you think, hmm, is this really working for me? Maybe it seems like a challenge that you can't overcome. Maybe it seems like a day that's just too bloody hard. You might be the most motivated person in the world. But that day will come. The thing is, whether we want to just chill out and have this like super easy life, that's going to be hard. Or whether we want to graft after it and do some training and progress ourselves and lose the weight or die on the nutrition, like whatever it is progress and build our mental resilience, go and jump in cold water for a week, whatever it is you want to do, that's also going to be hard. So you might as well choose what you want your hard to be. There's a wonderful saying by American motivational speaker called Les Brown, who basically says, hang on, I'm just trying to formulate it in my head so it doesn't mess it up. If you do what is easy, your life will be hard. If you do what is hard, your life will be easy. So all of a sudden, sitting and watching The Office and sitting and watching uh, and and eating crunchy nut which is the easy thing that might make you feel bloated might make you feel full might make you just feel a bit bad about what it is that you're eating and just kind of negative about yourself that might replace training in which case that's another stimulus gone not necessarily because you're losing strength and power but because you are losing the opportunity to have a source of dopamine and endorphins and a, and a, and a feel good factor that's going to be hard if we do the hard stuff, life becomes easy. The hard stuff, getting up at five o'clock in the morning, getting some training in, whatever it is, whatever your hard is, doesn't have to be five o'clock. You know, prepping the meals on a Sunday so that you're not tempted to get a Chinese takeaway on a Friday night. Making the decision to uh, fill your fridge with strong and healthy foods. There was a wonderful reel I saw earlier of somebody who uh, was like, when healthy, when healthy you does the shopping. And it was just this person who was like filling her um fridge with like carrots and cucumbers and stuff and 
um then like the darker version of her with her hoodie up uh, she came like looking for snacks and she like looked at uh, looked at these carrots with like huge disdain and just slammed the fridge shut you know you're 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 doing your future self a favor by squaring yourself away by doing the hard thing you know we see it in all of these motivational things don't we online of like going grafting and doing the hard stuff but at the end of the day you need to figure out what you want your hard to be because here's the kicker you need to be willing to do what it takes to achieve the things that you think you want to achieve and i want to stress the word think in that sentence because if we don't really know and we're kind of like yeah i really like this idea well, maybe we're just having a honeymoon period of the idea of us doing those things rather than actually committed to doing it. What's the difference, Ben? Well, that's a really good question. The difference is you say, yes, I'm going to do these things. This could be chasing a feeling that you're trying to achieve, or it could be a specific expedition or a specific event or a specific time or a specific lift or something very, very specific. It could be vague, it could be specific, but you have a vision of it in your head. The differences between falling in love with the idea of it versus actually doing the thing itself is you getting up tomorrow morning when the motivation has gone, because it will, and you get up and do what it, what's necessary to get there in the first place. Are you willing to do what it takes to do the thing itself? Because motivation is great. You know, it's great. I, I hope that, you know, some of you um, come away from these calls and you feel motivated and, and, and inspired to come and do stuff and, and kind of feel more empowered to affect meaningful change in your life. But that motivation is going to go when you wake up in the morning because the, the the stimulus of waking up in the morning and being like, oh my God, it's the morning, is going to vastly outweigh whatever I say on a Wednesday evening. Of course it is. And if it doesn't do it on the Thursday morning, it certainly will on the Friday morning or the Saturday morning or the Sunday morning or the Monday morning. And the question here is, with what it is that you're aiming to do, the person that you're trying to achieve Goal or no goal, feeling or no feel, the feeling, the vision of you that you have in your head that you're trying to achieve because you can see it. Are you willing to do what it takes to get there? Because that's that's going to be your answer to why why bother. I had some wonderful conversations with people, both in coaching and outside of coaching. Like, why are you bothering to do what it is you're trying to do? And people kind of look at me as if to say, "What do you mean, why bother? Like, are you trying to dissuade me?" I'm like, "No, I'm trying to get a feel for the person I'm talking to." Because the next question after why bother is, why do you want it in the first place? Because the why bother is, I really want this thing. It's a future looking answer to the question. And then saying, okay, cool. Well, where does that come from? Is then looking at the past version of you. So going back to that, that activity of those three different versions. Well, for the first bit, why bother doing this thing? You know, why bother? That's you looking in the future saying, I want these things. This is what I'm trying to achieve because of X, Y, and Z. Well, it's like, well... Where's that come from? You then look at the past and go, do you know what? I did this thing in the past and I felt so amazing when I did these things and I felt so good and I can see the benefit of the value of the whatever. And you bring that forward or you look at that and go, I really don't want to be the version I was, the version of me that I was in the past. One of those two, somewhere in between on a sliding scale. Because that's going to be a why. When we when we think about you know why it is that you're trying to do it, whether you agree with finding a, a core why or not, I think everyone's got one. We can't just go through thinking because I want to be happy. Sounds great, doesn't it? I just want to be happy. But what's the version of you that's happy? What does that mean? I met someone once upon a time. We we kind of had a bit of a heated discussion. I can be a bit of a blunt instrument when it comes to questioning but i knew we were kind of onto something and uh, had a pretty blunt conversation with somebody and he was like i was just like you know 
we were sat in a job both of us were in a pretty dead-end job and it was pretty lame and it was just boring and oh god it was so exhausting it was a constant daily grind over and over and over and over and over again six days a week 50 hour weeks it was tough real tough and we were having a conversation i was like you know what do you what do you what do you want to like where are you going on this like what's this where's this job taking you where's where's this journey taking you and he said i just want to be happy i'm like do you feel happy and i'm like i'm not trying to tear this person down but i'm just interested that somebody who looks mega threaders with where he was at that time just wanted to be happy but didn't change what that person was doing for the last six years still doing the same thing and I'm not here to say, throw any shade on this person, but I'm here to say that maybe the thought process wasn't quite there because was he happy? He was like, no, not really. I'm like, right. What do you need to do to affect happiness in that? Because if you want success, success is sustainable happiness, right? Sustainable happiness. You can find happiness sustainably. You will have success. It's not about money. It's not about cars, not about all that crap. It's about sustainable happiness. But we need to figure out what makes us happy in the first place so that we can actually figure out what our North Star is. You know, your North Star is your guiding light, is your vision of you going forward, is something that you're trying to achieve. We are a human beings. We are innately hardwired, biologically, neurologically, every other ology of progressing. It is our evolutionary purpose as human beings to add to the betterment of humankind in some way, shape or form going forward. That doesn't need to be 7.6 billion people impacted on the planet. That could be your husband, your wife, your dog, your partner, your brother, your sister, your mum, your nan, anyone. Random stranger that you smile at. It doesn't matter. But you're progressing forward. And that progress has to bring some form of happiness to your life. Because if it doesn't, what is the point? Same with our training. That's what I said about a, a bit ago. I think it might, might have been last week or maybe on a social media post or something. And I was saying about how training, especially coming into winter, needs to make you happy. You need to find some joy in it. Like, don't get me wrong. Every single session, I'm going to tell you now, I'm not going to lie to you and say every single session is going to be absolute joy. It's not. But what's the general trend? It's like weight loss. Are you going to systematically lose weight every single day, seven days a week, three, six, five? No, you're not. There are going to be days where things are higher. There are going to be days where things are lower. There are going to be days where things feel the same. There are going to be days where it feels like it's plateauing. But what's the general trend here over a long period of time? Is it going up? Something's wrong. Is it going down? Something's going right. Is it maintaining? Well, it, doesn't, it depends what your goal is as to whether that's right or wrong. So it's looking at the broader spectrum of things here. Because when it does come to those tough days, that's fine. You just accept it because that's the hard that you chose. You chose a version of hardness for you to achieve, to bring about the meaningful change in your life that you can see that is meaningful to you. You know where it comes from. You know where you're going. And then when it does come to doing some push-ups outside in the rain on a cold October morning, you embrace it. If that's your version of hard. Or whether it's two minutes in a cold tub, dip, whatever. And that's the version of hard that you pick. Or whether it's five o'clock in the morning and you've got a 12, 12K hike to do and it's snowing, which it will be at some point soon. You know, that's the version of hard that you picked. Maybe not snow. Snow is pretty romantic. And it's thrashing it down with cold, big old fat rain. And that's grim, really grim. And it's windy and it's grim. And you, you, waterproof, your torch isn't very waterproof, even though it was sold to you as waterproof. And water ingress gets in there and it runs out and you're like, ah. Oh. And it's one of those moments. Well, that's the hard that you chose. And that's wonderful, isn't it? Because if you chose that, it's meaningful to you. And if it's meaningful to you, 
you'll get after it. And that's a really, really good thing. And that's why I think it's really, really important why I'm ranting on about this, of understanding why you bothered in the first place. Because when you figure that out, and when you have a little bit of optics on that, a little bit of a vision on that, then and only then do we know that you can make progress. I had a wonderful, very, very deep and quite emotional conversation with somebody the other day. And I love those conversations. I really do. Because A, I find them absolutely exhausting. Like, don't get me wrong. Like big, deep emotional conversations. If ever you've had those sort of like really deep, meaningful um, conversations with people, like they're, exhaust- they're exhausting. But you really f- figure out who the real version of that person is, right? And you have a real connection with that person. And it started, in fact, do you know what? I've got the notes right here in front of me. I'm going to keep it anonymous, but I want to read out the specific words that were used because I took notes on this because I have to take these notes. It started by saying, I don't think I know what it is that I want to do because I feel pretty average, pretty lost, pretty directionless and pretty lazy. Okay, I can, I can, I can empathize with that. So where does that come from? And the way we went in that conversation was figuring out, well, why, first and foremost, let's get, let's get everything out on the table. What is on your mind? Let's go and brain dump everything. And those who've had those sort of conversations with me know that I'm scribbling away at the same time with the notes, because I want you to just pour and pour and pour and pour and pour. And I'll have as many notes as possible so that we can look at that and go, right, that's good. Is there anything else on your mind? And I want you to get to the point where you say, no, not really, which is good because that means everything's out. Everything's out on the table. We, we, we know what we're working with here. And when we figured that out, the next question, which is Ben's famous coaching question, what is the real challenge here for you right now? Because you've got all this stuff on your mind. I feel lazy, feel directionless, feel lost, feel like I'm doing all these things. Well, clearly, the answer to the question of what's on your mind is not going to be positive if you're in this particular mindset. So it's no point having this toxic positivity of saying everything's going to be okay, because it doesn't feel like everything's going to be okay. But instead, we might as well look at this from a bit more of a prefrontal cortex part of the brain perspective, i.e. a logical perspective to figure out what's going on. So for those who don't know, Neuroscience 101, you have two parts of the brain, prefrontal cortex and the amygdala. The amygdala is your emotional response. Now, I heard this amazing thing the other day. The reason that you can't quite put into words the super strong emotions that you feel either for someone or for something or about yourself is that the amygdala doesn't understand language. However, the prefrontal cortex does. And what that means is we're able to understand logic and science and maths because it is it is a full structure of things. We can look at those words, we can put it into language. But I don't know if anyone here has got a really, really close friend, like a bezzy mates, you go back years and you finish each other's sentences and it's all horrible and cliche and then people look at you and go oh my god like are you like twins separated at birth like that kind of a friend right if you do i invite you to try this i want you to go to that friend and say hey friend why are we why are we best friends because i guarantee you'll struggle to fill that answer it's not like, oh, you know, I just really like that jumper you're wearing or, you know, hey, you know, so-and-so or you got me this gift. No, 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 no. Ask them to say, hey, like, no, what specifically about my character? Like, what is it that, that you think draws you to me? I'm just really interested to know. This is not an ego massaging thing. This is a this is a specific testing question. And the reason that it's so difficult to ask that answer that question to be like, oh, you know, we just we just 
you know, we just have this vibe, we just have this thing, and it's it's a very vague answer, right? Is that the amygdala, the emotional center center of the brain that cannot comprehend language, cannot put into words those specific feelings, which is why you're going to struggle to put into words the specific feelings that it is that you're a feeling now or b trying to achieve somewhere later in the future. So we need to look at this from a prefrontal cortex sense and look at this from a more logical perspective, because if we think I'm in this negative slump and I feel lazy and I feel um, directionless and I feel lost and I feel like I'm failing at all these things. Well, the amygdala is kind of going ah, negative feelings and then just kind of like splurting out some words from somewhere else in the brain. That's the limit of my neuroscience um, knowledge. You know, these words are just coming out. And it can just feed this negative loop. So we need to stop that and we need to go, right, well, what's the logical explanation here? Well, talk to me about where this comes from. What's the evidence that you have stacked in your mind to say that this is the case? And then you look at that evidence and you go, right, maybe I missed these training sessions. Maybe I've done this. Maybe I've done that. Maybe I haven't been eating as well as I could have been. Maybe I've been not getting out of bed at the right time. Whatever it is, it's looking at those factors those facts and those 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 metrics that you are measuring in your own head and saying, right, what can I do about each and every single one of them? Well, maybe I could have a full list of all these negative things that are happening and therefore have a full list of responses to every single one of those as well. Is that helpful? Yes, no. But if you are going to have this full list of things that you need to work on and you're in this self-loathing pit and you're like, oh, I've got to do all these things. I've been there. You've been there. We've all been there. You know, you get into a negative um, ne negative mindset and, you know, everything is always wrong. Or you get into a positive mindset and everything is always right. You know, we go from one extreme to the other, right? So you look at that and you've got this whole list of things that you think you need to change. The, the next question is not what is the most important thing to change. The next question is what is the easiest thing to change? Oh, uh, maybe it's, let me think of an example here. Okay, maybe, you know, we've got this whole idea. Do you know what? Maybe I'll use this case study as an example. Maybe we've got average, lost, directionless, lazy. Uh, the context is, you know, not training, but I need to, you know, maybe be better than someone else. Maybe I feel like I'm missing out on opportunities I want to be the best version of myself that I know I can be, but I'm just not doing it. I feel like there's too much perfectionism in my life and I'm losing the, you know, the, 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 the motivation to actually do the thing. Okay. Well, where's the evidence? Well, I haven't been going out on my bike. Maybe I haven't been doing the running. Maybe I haven't been doing the training. Maybe I haven't been eating properly. Maybe I haven't been sleeping properly. Maybe I'm letting work stress get on top of me. Okay. Well, maybe the easiest thing to change here is, sleep and wake times. Maybe that's the easiest thing to change. Maybe the next easiest thing to change is workload. Like, have I got too much work on? Right, what can I actually do about that? Well, maybe I need to have a chat with my manager. Uh, maybe I need to be a bit more strict with the time that I do start and finish work. Remembering that the model of employment is uh, how much how much work can I get someone to do for as little money as possible? Well, maybe it's time to actually start sticking to the nine to five instead of the half past eight to the quarter to six, perhaps. Maybe it's time to start being a bit more strict with the boundaries that you set for yourself so that you're not, especially if you're working from home, if you're not coming home and then being like, oh, I'll just do a bit more work. Or if I'm working from home, you know, five o'clock, I'll just push it till six. Well, if that's eating away at you, then that's something that's easy enough to change. Maybe the next easiest thing to change would be, I'm going to prep what I'm, what I'm going to eat five, five days a week. The days that I'm at work, I'm going to have these meals. Maybe I'm going to buy a meal prep uh, uh, sorry, a prep kitchen subscription or something for a week and try that. 
Um, maybe I'm going to have the same breakfast every day. Maybe I'm going to just try and set these things in motion. Maybe the training is the thing. And you know what? Maybe there's part of my training that's not particularly inspiring. So even though I do want to progress on this, maybe the easiest thing I can do is roll out of bed and do 20 push-ups. And if that's an absolute bare minimum that I do, then fine. That's good. But at least you've hit that spot in order to help progress you forward. Because like I said before, it's consistency. It's making sure that you are progressing forward one step at a time, putting the crosses in the calendar. Now, to bring this back onto the sort of overall pursuit of where I wanted this call to go, it's all about understanding what it is that you want to do, what it is that you want to achieve, who it is you want to become. And I want you to all, I invite you all to answer this yourselves tonight while you're making dinner or going for a walk or doing whatever it is that you want to do this evening. And I want you to think, you know, what is it that I'm trying to achieve? What if every single thing that I think could happen does happen and I have every success that I think could happen? What if everything goes right and in six months time that happens? Then what? Like, what does that look like? Because when you understand what that looks like, when you understand what that means, then you're going to start to think about what's most important to you. Then you're going to start to understand where it is you actually want to go. Maybe it's got nothing to do with the training. Maybe it's got everything to do with the fact that you just want to feel a bit happier in yourself by having some daily exposure to the outdoors. Maybe it's got nothing to do with the weight loss, but actually you just want to feel good in your clothes again. And that five kilos or 10 kilos or three kilos or whatever actually doesn't mean anything, but you've got some clothes in your wardrobe that you want to fit into again. Or maybe it's a little bit more what you might think is vain and you want to look good topless in the mirror. That's cool. They're all good things. That's not a bad thing at all. Maybe you want to feel confident in yourself because you are competent enough in your body to do things, to go running, to go mountains, to go in wild swim or to do all these cool things. And you don't give a shit what your body looks like because you are 100% confident and comfortable in the competence that your body has. Remembering that strength and conditioning, fitness, developing that is merely improving your body's ability to do stuff. Not your body's ability to look better, we're building your body's capacity to do adventurous things because we're all we're all people here with a sense of adventure. We're all cool people that want to go out and do cool things in the outdoors. You know, when was the last time you saw a absolutely mega jacked mountaineer that looked like a bodybuilder? Yeah. When was the last time you saw an alpinist doing a topless gym photo shoot? Yeah, it's probably not going to happen. But you are seeing all these people that you follow on social media that you, you know, idolize and you love to follow their stories. And, you know, they're all running off in mountains and they're hiking up and they're going swimming and they're doing the thing all the way through the year, year in, year, day in, day out. Like they're comfortable in their own mind and body. They're competent in their mind and body. They know what they can do and they go out and do it and they live the adventure. They're doing what it is they want to do. And that's a hugely important thing. You see that I've seen that quite recently in my kind of uh focus at the moment has been on um mountain biking people on uh, instagram you know when your reticular activator kind of ticks in and then you all of a sudden, sudden start to see that thing that you were um, thinking about um people see it in cars you know you're like oh i really want this car and then all of a sudden you start to see that car everywhere a very similar thing is like how the instagram algorithm works you integrate uh, you don't you interact sorry with one or two posts and all of a sudden you start to see loads of things about that post i'm starting to see loads of things about mountain biking now and it's great i love mountain biking videos um, but there are people there who are, you know, who were once upon a time 
humongous world champions in mountain biking and cool stuff like they are alley people and then this particular woman uh rachel atherton she was like written off as you know maybe not coming back there was a few injuries there, there was a little bit of past she was like super mega legend and then there was like this weird like gap in the middle and they're like oh you know she's a bit too old now and you know maybe it's not going to happen and, da, 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 da. and then she had a child uh and then she was like oh well that's it you know especially with women like if people hear this all the bloody time don't they if, if women if women are going again having kids then that's it that's the end of their career or the end of their sport and that that's just an attitude that needs to die doesn't it but uh with rachel atherton she had a kid and then I, th I think someone's going to correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think within like six months postpartum, she was back on the bike again. She started this year thinking, oh, do you know what? I'll enter the World Series. We'll see where it goes. She fucking won. Uh, and, uh, so she's she's mid-30s. She's post-child. Everyone written her off and she'd won. And it's mega because she was super clear on what it is that she wanted to achieve. She was fully embracing it. Didn't care what her body looked like. She was fully competent, uh, sorry, confident in what her body could do in her competence levels, able to push that forward and bring out her absolute best and just be a legend. Like vanity, what you look like, no one cares. It doesn't fucking matter. It's always something deeper. And I'm inviting you now to probe into what that deeper thing is. If you want to lose weight, why? If you want to look better, why? If you want to do the thing, why? Like I'm, I'm super keen to know those answers, because that's how you, that's how I learn about you, and that's how you learn about you, and that's how you learn about the journey that it is you want to do. Because your, I'll tell you right now, your value, your worth on this planet is not dictated by a number of scales. For people like us who are adventurous kind of people who want to go out and do cool stuff, like our value, our self-worth, it kind of comes from, not entirely, but there's an element of it, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but there's an element of it that comes from doing cool stuff, from going to the Atlas Mountains and doing the expeditions that we want to do, from running up the hill in the dark and in the cold at the crack of dawn with a coffee, from you know going to Scotland and jumping in the sea and doing the cool thing, from going to you know the Alps and doing some mega awesome mountain biking like we find a lot of self-worth and self-value in that because it brings us happiness it brings us happiness mountains I find so much of my self-worth and my value is found in mountains usually for me my niche is running up really steep rocky ridgy things and if I don't do that on a regular basis I feel like I'm losing touch with who I am Sounds really dramatic, but it's true. And I reckon every single one of you here have got an element of that in you somewhere. And if you haven't, it's time to question it and bring it out because I know you have. There are going to be things in life that are going to be a stimulus for you that will pull on the heartstrings that say, if I take that away from you right now, there'll be a part of you that you feel is missing. Maybe it's the opportunity for mountain adventures. Maybe it's running. Maybe it's wild swimming. Maybe it's mountain biking. Maybe it's whatever it is. I don't care. Whatever it is. Think about what that thing is. And now find excuses to put that at least into your life once a week. Okay, maybe you can't get off to the mountains and run in the Alps and whatever every week. I mean, that'd be mega if we could, right? But, you know, you've got to put yourself into the context of that particular goal on a regular basis. If it's mountain biking, guess what you're going to be doing this weekend? If it's running, guess what you're doing this weekend? If it's wild swimming, guess what you're doing this weekend? If you want to get out and walk and hike in the hills, then guess what you're doing this weekend? The more we can have that allows us to add context to our training along this, along this journey, the better and the more we're going to get out of this. So... 
there we go. There was a relatively non-directed tangent evening from me. I hope that that has brought you a little bit of perspective, a little just something to think about. I don't feel like we've discussed anything earth-shattering this evening, but I do hope that I can leave you on this Wednesday evening when you're going to go and have your dinner and do whatever it is that you want to go and do and play with the dogs. I've seen at least three dogs in the videos in the background. It's been great. You know, whatever it is you're going to do this evening and think about what's super important to me. Why, why am I bothering? What am I trying to do? I see many dogs. This is great. Like, what am I trying to achieve here? Okay. Am I sure about that? Okay. And if I am sure about it, awesome. Great. Now, what am I going to do about it when tomorrow morning hits and it's dark and it's cold and I've got to get up and do the thing? What am I going to do about it? And let me tell you this. Okay. Let's say you're, this is my last thing. This is just something that's popped into my head. Maybe you're the sort of person that's like, yeah, Ben, I, I feel good. You know, I'm good. Tomorrow morning, I'll be fine. I'll get up and do the thing I need to do. Well, great. That's amazing. That's, that's absolutely awesome. Now, my question to you is, how are you going to mess it up? How are you going to really, like, properly mess this up? What would you do? And that's not inviting you to do it. It's inviting you to understand what it's going to take for you to completely screw this up. Maybe you don't do the training. Maybe you snooze the alarm. Maybe you eat crap. Maybe you do give in and buy loads of Doritos every week. Maybe it's a Friday night Chinese. Maybe it's not having boundaries at work because you feel like you need to just fill the time with a bit more, you know, useful work. Maybe it's watching too much TV in the evening and not actually connecting with the person that sat next to you. Think about it. Because that's not inviting you to do it. That's inviting you to recognize what's going to happen if it gets too tough and those habits start to creep in. Because the more we can recognize when those negative habits come in, the more we are armed and ready to be able to deal with them head on before they get too much. So there we go, team. I'm just going to check my notes, make sure I've not missed anything. I don't think I have. Awesome. Team, if you need anything from me, you know where I am. Reach out to me on the app. Reach out to me on WhatsApp. I'm here for you every single step of the way. I am in this with you. Anything that you need help with, that's what I'm here for. And I invite you all, message me. Ask me a question. I don't think there's a stupid question. There's no such thing. I'm the usual, I'm usually the person who will ask the dumbass questions, right? But there's no such thing. So even if you think it's irrelevant or petty or small, or maybe it's not even a question, you just want to say something, just know that I'm here to hold space for you as and when you need it, whether it needs to be a call, whether it needs to be a few voice notes, whatever it is. There's space and I'm willing to share it with you because you're all on a journey of personal development and personal development's freaking hard. And I have started this journey in the same place that every single one of you people have been in. And I'm still going because personal development does not end. And it's still hard, still hard. We still have hard times. It's how we deal with it, it defines our character. And if you need help through that, that's what I'm here for. So team, happy Wednesday. Have a wonderful evening. I hope I've given you a bit of food for thought there. And I will see you all on the flip side. Have a wonderful evening. Peace. Let's go.